When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to The World in 10, where we hear from the Times of London's correspondents from around the world. I'm Cara Bentley. And I'm Laura Cook. Europe is heating up. We bring you the latest on the soaring temperatures and it's going to get hotter. Also, the first artificial intelligence news anchor in India. We'll also be looking into the strikes that are hitting Hollywood. Cerberus, the three-headed dog in Greek mythology who guarded the gates to the underworld. Well, you'll be hearing that name a lot over the coming days as it's also the name of the high-pressure system causing temperatures to soar across Mediterranean Europe. Now, emergency measures are actually in place across several countries with temperatures forecast to hit 48 degrees Celsius, 118 Fahrenheit over the coming days. Geoffrey Carnesir, a climate scientist at the Centre for Ecological Research in Barcelona, has been telling us what's being done in Spain. The public administration has disposed uh, shelters, climatic shelters, which are conditioned uh, more than 200 uh, in several areas of the city, including uh, schools or social centres. And he's also tracking the elderly people, uh, getting in contact and giving advice by telephone and, and other channels as well. Tourists are being obviously warned to take extra care and the heat has claimed its first victim already. A street painter died in Italy on Tuesday. Well, our correspondents in Rome, Athens and Madrid have all the latest on how each country is coping. And you can read their articles online. And if, like us, Cara, you saw the map Mm. showing the colour coding of the temperature forecast, and we were shocked, weren't we? Yeah. You're used to seeing the yellow, maybe a bit of orange showing the heat, but this one is purple. It's the colour of raw burns. Yeah, it's pretty surprising. In Athens today, the Acropolis is expected to close for a few hours. These tourists are braving the heat though. I did think twice but I've always wanted to see the Acropolis and so I was like I'll try it. If it gets too bad I'll just get an Uber and go back to the hotel. (laughs) Well I'm from Canada so I'm used to cold so I don't mind the heat at all. Now, Greece has been the first big city in Europe to rank and rate heat waves on a three-point scale. And on Thursday, several pockets of the country hit the highest grade, which is grade three, which brings with it a 30% increased risk of mortality. Elsewhere, France launched its first heatwave management plan this month, and Spain also passed legislation in May banning some outdoor working during certain extreme conditions. So why is this happening and what can we do to bring temperatures down? Well, here's the sciencey bit. Don't glaze over. An anticyclone from the Azores, which normally has an influence over summer weather in Italy, had been pushed out by a hotter anticyclone from Africa. All this, it won't come as any surprise, a result of climate change. A rapidly heating Mediterranean as well, which is now filling up with tropical fish, also means humidity in the atmosphere 
and therefore more violent storms. Joffrey explains there's only really one way to bring down the temperatures. The best way to tackle this problem is to drastically reduce the emissions over the next decades because there's a very strong connection, according to accepted science, between the emissions and the pressures that we later on experience in the form of heat waves. I wonder if you've ever watched coverage of a general election or an American election through the night and you've just seen the presenters get more and more tired as the results come in and the hours go on. You may remember a time going to sleep with David Dimbleby on the TV and waking up and Dimbleby was still on the TV. (laughs) Well, what if our presenters never got tired, always looked pristine, but were perhaps a little less natural, maybe even quite a bit less human? That's what's starting to happen in India with AI news anchors. First, Sana was launched in April, described as bright, gorgeous, ageless, tireless. This is this is like looking in the mirror, Cara, <laughs> by India Today's vice chairperson. She reads the headlines at the nine o'clock news, which she's able to do in 75 languages before handing over to a real person. Hello, you are watching Archduck AI and I am Archduck's AI anchor Sana. I have brought big news from India and abroad. So let's have a look at the headlines of this time. Bangalore double murder accused arrested. Sabrish also known as Joker Felix killed CEO and MD of tech startup over professional rivalry. BJP fact-finding team in Bengal amid poll violence. Now, at the launch of Sana, the word ageless was the first adjective that came up on the screen to describe Sana's qualities, raising interesting questions, I think, Laura, about kind of perpetuating literally unrealistic beauty standards and uh, the ageism that particularly women on TV report to experience at the moment. Sana is young looking, thin, wears a short dress and is, by typical standards, beautiful. And now Lisa has been unveiled by Odisha TV in eastern India. Warm greetings to everyone. Namaste. I am OTV's and Odisha's first AI news anchor Lisa. She's a bit more traditional, slightly older and wearing a sari. Neither of their lips move completely in sync with their words. But Lisa is able to speak in the Odia language, which even Google apparently can't do, according to the channel's MD. But in a country where less than half of the population have a smartphone, there are some doubts about the technology. One New Delhi Uber driver told The Times, how can I trust a machine that could be programmed to fool me? But the channel's bosses say having an AI news anchor frees up the rest of the news team to work on more angles and be more creative and bring better quality news to their viewers. She can also work 24-7 and can deliver election results or financial updates at phenomenal speed. That's a wrap. At midnight last night, 160,000 actors walked out, joining writers in the industry's biggest shutdown since the 60s. We are the victims here. We are being victimised by a very greedy entity. I am shocked by the way the people that we have been in business with are treating us. SAG-AFTRA union president Fran Drescher there, frustrated over the studio's responses to actors' concerns. 
Film and television writers have been on picket lines since May. So what's this all about, Cara? Well, that union that you mentioned, SAG-AFTRA, the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, you can tell why it's been abbreviated, (laughs) they are Hollywood's biggest union and they've joined the Writers Guild of America in demanding fairer pay from streaming services, along with assurances that their work won't be replaced by artificial intelligence, which is interesting given the last story. There's a theme here. The deadline for the deal passed just hours after this year's Emmy nominations were announced and the Oppenheimer premiere in London had to to be pushed forward an hour last night to allow the cast, which includes Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh to participate without going against strike rules. Actor and member John Perkis explains how all this, plus the pandemic, has made tough times for them. I had to go to food banks and then up until February, uh, I had to delay in paying my rent. So I am actually now a chauffeur and personal assistant to a Hollywood A-lister because the money that has been coming in has not been enough. Well, the effect of the strike is going to be felt across the world with immediate impacts on promoting the summer's top films. Hollywood hasn't faced simultaneous strikes since 1960. Now, Alison Rudd, a sports writer for The Times, has written a piece today entitled Time to Accept Wimbledon's Women's Matches Are Superior to the Men's. She writes that Novak Djokovic will have to execute a handstand mid-rally to generate the noise, passion and delight the final four women evoked. (laughs) This has been a championship, she says, in which it is the women who have shone, who have managed to combine compelling personal narratives with exceptional athleticism, imagination and power. Absolutely. She ends by saying it's time to acknowledge that the hottest tickets increasingly involve the women and that Saturday's, not Sunday's final, will be the unmissable one. Now, Times Radio spoke to Lisa O'Sullivan, our guide to Wimbledon, ahead of Saturday's women's final between Angebur and Marketa von Trisova. She explained a bit about the two finalists. The Tunisian into the final for the second time running, uh, second year running, and <laughs> says that um, von Trisova has beaten her twice before and that revenge has been working very well for her over the championship. So she's She's going to use revenge to try and finally lift the trophy, which she had as a screensaver on her phone last year. The game is at 2pm on Saturday. Well, that's it from us today. Don't forget to get the very latest on all these stories and why not take out a digital subscription to The Times of London. We'll be back tomorrow. 